Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we have a really cool guest sitting in front of us today. We are not in our office in Toronto. I am north of the city. I think I'm in, where am I, Richmond Hill, Vaughan? Where, Thornhill, where? Thornhill. Thornhill. There's a lot of hills up here, yes. Richmond Hill, <laughs> Thornhill, and I think I feel like they're all the same fucking place. I'm not gonna it lie. It is Vaughn. So, so is is Thornhill in inside of a, Richmond Hill? Yeah, no, it's a separate town. Now I'm really confused. Like. So Vaughn is the city, and then you have like Richmond Hill, Thornhill. Maple. Woodbridge. Woodbridge and Concord. Even. I get really confused. Like there are defining lines yes, between yes, these. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm sitting down with Joyce and uh, it took a, it took a bit to get Joyce on the podcast. It took a lot of, Hey Joyce, you want to be on the podcast? And it was response was um, <laughs> silence. Yeah. Well, and then after the silence was no, no, <laughs> no. And I think Joyce just caved in after so many attempts. She just wanted me to shut my face. So I'm sitting down with Joyce, who is a registered massage therapist. Joyce and I go back a little bit. We used to work at a clinic north of the city together. And then I left, and I'm pretty sure I left her working there. And then at some point in time, Joyce said, "I got it. I'm, I'm getting out of here too." Yeah. And uh, Joyce, pretty much. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you make it sound like a like a bad thing. Was it? A, was it? A, you had to no, leave. No. Um. I think it's because. At that point, I kind of reached my limit too. So I was at that point where I was like, okay, I need some change. Why did you need... Okay, wait, wait, before I get into this, let's do the background. So then Joyce left uh, that particular clinic and then she decided, I'm going it on my own. Is this on your own? Is this like... Yes. All right. So we are sitting in Joyce's clinic in Thornhill and the name of your clinic is Regenesis. Pain Management and Rehab Clinic. Let's first start here. Tell me about you and massage therapy. So when did you graduate from school? And where'd you go to school? I went to Centennial College. Nice. In so, Where? In, in Toronto? In Scarborough? Yes. So um, 2007, I graduated. What made you decide, one, massage therapy, and then two, Centennial College? Um, see, that's uh, I don't really have like an inspirational story like most people you in know your podcast. That's not true. I mean, I don't, I didn't have, I went to massage school to meet girls. Oh my God. Like, so okay, I'm so. like, like, I'm pretty sure re- your reason is like way better than, than mine is. Well, mine is, um, I, I just wanted to be in healthcare. Um, being Filipino, my mom's like, yes, be a nurse. nursing. Yes. <laughs> Be a, be a nurse, be a nurse. So um, I did try nursing, but that didn't work for me at all. So um, a friend of mine actually recommended uh, massage therapy. Was, so Was this friend a massage therapist? He's not. Well, he is now, but okay. um, he's the one who kind of told me, it's like, hey, why don't you try massage therapy? So I was like, yeah, okay, why not? And then I looked into the schools and mm-hmm. everything. And then since I was already at Centennial, I saw that they have massage therapy programs. So I, that's what I did. So you went from high school to Centennial for nursing. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you're like, fuck nursing. Yeah. I'm going to listen to my friend and I'm going to try this <laughs> massage therapy thing. Yes. So did you, how was, how was your go at Centennial? It was good. I really liked it. I, you know, I don't even remember. It's such a long time ago. No. I took like 12 years. 
years. (laughs) I understand. I I don't remember yesterday, so I totally get it. How did your mom feel about you not becoming a nurse, though? Well, my mom wanted me to become a nurse. So that's like, yeah, that's everybody's dream, like family dream. Okay, you have to be a nurse or a doctor or something. What's that Filipino comedian? Yes. He does his whole whole sketch, does his whole thing about becoming a stand-up comedian. Your dream. <laughs> is it? So that's that's real. Eh? That's it's true. It is really true. So um, when I changed to a different career path, they weren't happy. Did you did you at least say hey hey ma hey dad? Um, I still can wear scrubs. No, <laughs> <laughs> like that wasn't good enough. It's just like okay, you're on your own. Oh yeah. really? Eh? So well, like no support or like I mean, you're, they or like did. you're not my daughter anymore. No no okay. no. <laughs> they they did. It's just you know like if I wasn't if I stayed in nursing then they'd be like okay here's here's this this, here's that that, exactly but here's um, a house here's a car (laughs) (laughs) but because i changed it to a different career path they're like okay can you say with your best filipino accent you are a disappointment i I don't i don't know how to say it how would you say it just english with your with a filipino accent say you they never really said that to me, though. Well, I imagine just... <laughs> that that's what they did. No, they never said that. They were just like quiet. They just bow their head. Yeah, they like, <laughs> shook their head and like, okay. All right. So, All right. <laughs> so then, when you finish school, how many? Like, give me the career path when you finish school. Like, how many places were you working at before you and I ran into mm, each other? Okay, so I started in a rehab clinic in North York. So I was there for maybe three months and then I applied in to where we met. To where we met. And I also maybe three or four. Okay. Three or four. So while you're working, because I'm assuming you're working, whether you're working in several places all at mm-hmm. once, you're working in one place and you're. You're, this is your career now and you're making decent money did your parents ever like turn around and be like yeah okay well she's happy and she's yeah, making some dough yeah so you know they never they never really pushed me to push harder or do something else right. but you know like, that's it you know that's I have one question and I'll drop the whole okay. parents thing <laughs> Did they come to your massage therapy graduation ceremony? Of course they did. Okay, okay. okay. I'm trying to trying to figure <laughs> yes, out. How, they did. They how were happy was. that I graduated. That's you know. Okay, gotcha, uh, gotcha, All gotcha. parents, I think they would be happy with their right. kids. <laughs> so the place where we were working at, how long were you there for before you left? Um, I would say less than ten years, like nine, like, nine, ten, so almost ten. Oh, years. Going on to ten years. Yeah. So give me this rundown because. You know, I feel like there's two there's two types of RMTs. Yes. People that are very happy to show up and have someone do all the work for them. When I say all the work, I mean do my marketing, get my clients, uh, you know, everything else. I just show up and treat. Mm-hmm. And and there's a handful of people that are that are of that mindset. And that's great because not everyone in my mind, is meant to be an entrepreneur. I feel like there's something deep down inside. There's a fire that's that's igniting that a, a, a true entrepreneur has to go out and do something more. They're not happy having someone wave their finger at them 100%. saying, this is what you got to do. Yeah, 100%. So when you were at that other place, when did it hit you like, fuck, this I is think, not for me? I think five years. So five years treating, I reached that point where, you know, I'm already busy. And then I decided to go back to school. So well, what did you go back remember, to school for? Um, I don't know if you remember, I was taking health service management okay. at Ryerson. I was taking a part-time undergrad. What was the end goal for that? I wasn't sure. So I, I decided to just go back to school and say, you know, maybe I could do something else, right? 
So I went to Ryerson. I looked at part-time courses that is still related to healthcare. Right. And I found that. And then I think um, when I was in school, that's when it really hit me that... That I don't want to write yeah, essays. Like, I don't want to write essays. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, like I, I can't stay in this you know, yeah, situation yeah. forever. And uh, I feel the need to go further. But you know where we were. You're there, you're working full time, yep. and then that's it. So for me, I just... But you also recognize, like, if you're a therapist that loves to just show up and do your work, mm-hmm. that place is a fucking oh, dream. yeah. Like, that's if, a dream. Because that if you're interested in that, then yeah, go for because it. Because that particular clinic is a long-standing yeah. clinic. Like, we're talking over 20 years yes. in the community. It is a well-oiled machine. Exactly. You are a busy... Th- you're as busy as you want to be. Mm-hmm. And exactly. uh, they let you work as much as you want. Yep. Uh, I don't know if they let you work as little as you want. Yeah. But... <laughs> They do let you work as much as you want. So mm-hmm. it, it's a therapist's dream to be yeah. there, If that's, but that's not your dream. So tell me about the feeling that you had, like, this is not enough. <laughs> what does that feel like? Like, I know what um, it feels like for me, but what does it feel like for you? Um, I've always wanted something more. So when I was in school... You know, I think that's probably one of the reasons why I went back to school because I wasn't being challenged enough. Okay. So, you know, I go to work and then I, 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 that's it. I go to work, I go home, go to work, go home. And then that became a routine. So I decided to go back to school and then it became a little bit more challenging because, you know, I was in school and then I'm working at the same time. I was raising a child. Yeah. <laughs> so when I graduated, it, again, I had to do the same thing. It's like, oh my gosh, there's no, it, there's, it, there's no going up. It's Groundhog Day. It's, it's just, just like a yeah, big exactly. circle. It's just right there. Yeah. So maybe that kind of pushed me to try something else different. So I went into doing like office job too, just to see if you know I, I'm capable of doing or I want, that's what I, the environment that I want to do. Right. But still, that didn't work for me either. What about that didn't work for you? Same um, thing? S- same thing, sitting down from the office, nine to five job, looking mm. looking at the screen the whole time. And then it's like, there's no going up either. And right. There's no challenge. So I'm that type of person that's constantly doing something, looking to improve myself mm-hmm. as a person and as professional. So at any point after that five-year period of just working there and realizing, mm, I want something more. Did you ever lose the flavor for being a therapist? Like, did did working in that very kind of regimented Groundhog Day, always yeah. a circle, did it just be like, fuck, maybe I don't even want to do this anymore? Yeah, I did at, some, at one point. I was like, you know, um, I was also looking at other career because, mm-hmm. you know, um, massage therapists, they always say you don't last more than 10, 15 <laughs> years. That's what I was told when I was in school. You yeah. know, our career span is very... They fucking lied very, to you is yeah. what they did. <laughs> exactly. So um, that's, that's, that's why I decided to go back to school in the first place because maybe I might not do this for, you know, I don't know how long. Mm-hmm. So Does that translate into your treatment room? Does that translate into... Maybe like Maybe. you're fucking getting sick of doing this. You can't see yourself. You're like, yeah. man, I don't know if I can do this, you know, for another 15 years. And then you're just like, fuck, I don't want to deal with patients. Yes, fuck, yes. I don't want to treat anymore. Fuck, this room yeah. is this room is hot <laughs> as balls. Because I remember in that one particular clinic, for whatever reason, the massage section was just always it's hot, hot as hell. It's like they, they had no idea that we were locked in a room with somebody just oh being physical. 
It's so true. Yes. And um, the quality of our treatment also decreased because of that. Yeah. I feel like I just became a robot at some point. Like I treat the same people. Mm-hmm. I, I treat the same condition. It's routine. Tell me about how... You decided, fuck it. I'm going. I'm going to open a clinic. That is, um, <laughs> that was very difficult, actually. The decision um, was difficult. Yeah, the decision was very difficult because you know, like opening a clinic, like financially, you have to look at all that aspect yeah. too, right? And plus, I didn't have a business background. Yeah. Never. I didn't even learn anything about business when I was in school. And after three or four months of working in the office industry, and it's like, shit, I can't. Do this anymore mm-hmm. and then i remember just talking to my husband at one point and it's like you know like well you gotta figure out what you want to do so i just said it's like okay like i guess fuck it and i'll just try i'll try <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happens i just made a decision i and here we are <laughs> give me the steps involved in this because there's a lot of people that probably listen to this that are in the same boat that you were in before they're kind of sick of the monotony they think they want to do something more they need to be challenged i'm mm-hmm. not being challenged where i am i'm not changing my career because this is something that i love so i mm-hmm. need to find a way to advance in this career maybe i'll open my own thing how did you go about doing this like what were the first things that you did i talked to my accountant he's the only one i know who can who can help me with that in terms of doing all the paperwork like legal stuff you know get your name and get register for a business and go to the municipality and you know, I did a lot of research as well right. on how to open a practice. I talked to a lawyer and uh, who else? I looked for place at the same time and uh, I don't I don't even know like there's a lot <laughs> I feel like it's like really it's such a long time ago because like I can't even remember what I did tell me some of the struggles that you had because I know you had a couple struggles at the beginning especially when trying to find a place and dealing with bylaws and, and then what your what the the units or wherever you were looking for the commercial units were zoned for and all of that mm-hmm. shit because that's a whole bunch of things that people don't think about yeah. they think hey I'm a massage therapist I'll just rent a space I'll, I'll get a commercial union. I'll yeah. open my doors. I'll hang up the idea that I'm a massage yeah. therapist and everyone's going to come in because everyone likes massage. And mm-hmm. we know that's not the fucking case. Yeah, right. So true. tell me about some of the struggles that you had with the zoning because you did have struggles so with we, the zoning. I did. Um, at first, I wanted to rent out one of the space somewhere at um, Steels and Keel area. But that particular building does not have the zoning for medical place Mm -hmm. luckily i went to the city and uh, they said you know you can't practice there there's only you're only allowed one therapist and that's like bigger than this it's i think it's over like two thousand square feet and i I can't practice there by myself oh my god it's funny story because he was like right on my neck saying come on it's time to sign it's time to sign for the for the lease and then i was waiting for the uh, city and then the city called me and said you can't practice Mm. so luckily I didn't sign that piece of paper yeah yeah otherwise (laughs) I'll be stuck there by myself that's true yeah so that's one thing that you have to look at is um, city bylaws if you're allowed or if you can practice there yeah and and I found this place I actually I pass by this place all the time and I grew up in this neighborhood so this one it's I think it's pretty good tell me some of the biggest struggles you've had so far like when you first decided I'm going to open up this place did you 
you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but I really want you to. <laughs> was money an issue for you? Or was it like, I've got money to start this up? Or mm-hmm. was it like, mm, I got to go get a loan? Or was it like, I got to go get a line of credit? Yeah. Or was it, I have people that will invest? Like, how did this work for you? Um, loan. So I said, okay, I, I think I have money. And then I have a loan. So financially, I think I was set for like a good five, six months. And, and on top of that, I have to do some construction. So that was one of the struggles I had to because of the cost. The cost to open mm-hmm. is so much. It was more than I was expecting. Because what, what were you expecting? I was just like, Less than how much I if, spent. If you're comfortable giving numbers, I don't know. Well, like what ballpark? What were you expecting? Um, my expectation was fifty, fifty k, okay. just to you know to get equipment, to do some marketing, and to do a little bit of renovation, buy some um, office supplies and yeah. all that stuff. But it went. And you, and you underestimated that. I, and I did. I totally underestimated it. So I did look at for some you know, financial help as well. So yeah. luckily, I was able to get some loans. So <laughs> that was one of my early struggle. In, I'm, uh, so happy, I'm so happy you said that. And I'll tell you why. We did a podcast with this uh, other therapist. Her name is Demi. She was on our podcast a couple times. She yes. was on way back when, when we first started talking about sport massage. And then she contacted us again very recently to say, like, I want to talk. She was going on a rant. I want to talk about massage therapy, job ads. And- I, I, I heard that. I, yeah. I was listening so, to that. So she was kind of like, you know, kind of pissed off about mm-hmm. the, this whole idea. And I posted that that uh, podcast in an, a massage therapy Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And someone responded that, um, and I'm not, I'm not, quoting it because I don't fucking remember. I just mm-hmm. remember the basics of it. Someone posted like, um, just be happy you have a job and just like do your job and go home and be happy, whatever. No. Something along those lines. <laughs> and and I think someone else posted or they also suggested the idea or open something yourself. Mm-hmm. And then my response was, not everyone has the financial means. Yeah. Not everyone has the entrepreneurial mindset. Not everyone has the guts to do it. Yeah. And this person responded, well, I started my own clinic with only $50 in my pocket or something along those lines. Oh, wow. And I was thinking to myself, well, that makes <laughs> sense because of your location possibly. Yeah. But when we're hanging out in the greater Toronto area, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's not going to that's not going to work, yeah, right? Yeah. When the market's super saturated in a given yes. area already, 100%. you're just another clinic going up. You mm-hmm. need to have money to be able to make the place appealing to have yeah. people come in. You need to have the money behind the marketing. You need to have all of that so to to, that was really kind of misleading in my mind to be like oh 50 bucks you can do it i'm like fuck no no it's not like i don't know how that person started it but even marketing costs a lot of money heck yeah you know like you can't just open a clinic and expect that everybody will come if it looks so shitty yeah and that's the reason why we decided to do some renovation and renovation costs huge a lot it's huge so i don't know what that person's talking about i don't know either man (laughs) 
I don't know either. I'd like <laughs> yeah, to know. I'm pretty sure so somebody invested on that person, but, you yeah. know. All right, so you, you bite the bullet, you throw down a ton of dough into all of this. Mm-hmm. Give me the rundown of the staffing that you have going on when you first open. When I first opened, I did have higher hopes and expectations. What do you mean? Because of the location. Okay. I was hoping that people would want to work here. That's one of my biggest challenge when we actually opened um, is trying to find therapists to work in this in our clinic. Are you still having those challenges? Um, massage therapy. Massage therapy. Yeah, massage therapists. They're very, very difficult to find. Are they difficult to find or is it difficult to find one you like? Um, like, are you getting people sending no, in resumes not even. and you hate the interviews? Or I, I, I don't even get a lot of resumes. When I posted our ads last year in September, I got maybe three or four. And, you know, um, the other ones didn't even show up <laughs> for our interview. You know, it's, it's, it's so unprofessional. And I had two interviews. In two interviews, the other person was didn't fit the culture that I was trying to to build. What's the culture that you have built? Because I assume that <laughs> that's something that's there now. And how how did they not fit into it? Um, like if you're def- question, if you're yeah. def- if you define your company culture, what would you, what would you say it is? I think it would be like that we are it's an in, we are multidisciplinary clinic, so we are team. We don't just work individually. So that's the culture I'm trying to build, you know, like I want everybody to work together um, because that's the the environment I kind of I'm accustomed to over the years of practice. And that particular person, when she came in here, she was very arrogant saying, I can do all this. Mm. I can do this. I can do that. You know, I'm trained in doing this. I'm trained in doing that. And it's like, great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> great. Why are you looking for a fucking job? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but then, you know, like I asked her if she's ever worked in a multidisciplinary clinic. And yep. then she said, yeah. But at the same time, I kind of got the vibe that she wasn't a team player. Gotcha. So that's why I, when people ask me if I can, if they can do an interview over the phone, I said, no, yeah. I want to see you. I want you to come here. I want to talk to you personally. That's really weird. Yes. There are people who want, who just, you know, like, oh, can I talk to you first? And maybe I can get an idea of what you want. It's like, yeah, no, actually, I want you to come here. Yeah. Show yeah. me some, show show me at least a little bit of commitment before yes, exactly. I even decide to like, let's have a phone conversation. Right. Exactly. What other disciplines do you have here? Massage um, therapy? Physio. I have... Um, Chiropractor. Okay. Yeah. Did you have the same difficulties in finding physio and chiro as you did massage? Physios. Um, physiotherapist, yes, I did. Uh, I took a lot of interviews and, you know, like got rejected many many times. It's like, no, like, I'm you sorry. You got rejected? Yeah. Like, you offer jobs? I offer like- jobs and it's like, no, I'm sorry, but you know, can't work there or not ready to work in that kind of environment. I think what they're looking for, probably my assumption is that they want a place that's already packed by Mm -hmm. clients Mm -hmm. and, you know, they don't have to go out in a community and uh, talk to people because that's what we've been doing so far. Yeah, that's really important that you have someone that buys into the company culture that Mm -hmm. says they want to be here and be part of that because or else they might feel like, hey, I'm just helping you build your practice mm-hmm. and I might not be here you know in a two three years from now so yeah. all I did was help you out and yeah sure I got a larger paycheck out of it but essentially all I did was build your business for you I understand that type of person for sure 
but I also like again I get it that you're looking for a certain type of culture with it so when it came to the physios then you're offering jobs they're saying no and mm-hmm. it's mostly because it wasn't busy enough yeah right? I think so I'm out of curiosity because I think we had a discussion about this about physios and you mm-hmm. were you were offering a split to physios the same yeah. way that you would offer massage therapy not necessarily the same split but you mm-hmm. were offering a split right yeah. and does your physio now work on that split I was just kind of curious because yeah. I think what did I suggest to you did I suggest you maybe paying them hourly uh, I feel like that might have been something I said probably but that that doesn't work for me tell me why that doesn't work for you I'm out of curiosity because it becomes expensive it does become point. expensive yeah because right. um, let's say if you know during slow season, yep. um, January, February, March, yep. if it's if it gets slow, then I have to pay them hourly. And what if they only have one or two patients? I hear you. The reason so, why I suggested that, especially in the situation that you were in, is because if you're not busy and you're paying your physio to be here anyway, you can use your physio and your chiro in ways that are different, mm-hmm. right? So you can use them as part of promotion. You can have them go do stuff because they're getting fucking paid. Yeah. Do you know sure. what I mean? So, or you can have someone that comes in for, you know, the regular massage therapy treatment and you say to them, hey, why don't you go see the physio and do whatever type of assessment? Go do mm-hmm. a postural assessment. Go do a movement analysis. Go do a gait analysis. Go right. see physio. You know, no charge to that particular person. Introduce them to physio. Gets the right. physio doing something because they're here anyway. Right. And then you might end up making that person, you know, open up to the idea of physio mm. or whatever the case is. But that was yeah. kind of the idea behind it. But I definitely see why you were like, "Fuck off, Mark." I'm not- <laughs> I'm not doing that because that does take that, that that can be costly and it can backfire. Yes, especially yes. if you don't have a strategy strategy behind it. What about chiros? Did you have a hard time finding chiros? Like you did physios and massage therapists. With the chiropractor, it was actually referred by the other chiropractor who left, and he's he's happy. Everything's okay. Is he on a split or is he on an hourly? Um, split. Okay, everyone's on a split. Here, Every, everyone's on a split. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, what are some of the other challenges other than staff? marketing whoa okay (laughs) tell me about tell me about the marketing stuff because a lot of people struggle with the idea of marketing you know there's there they might be booming for a little bit then they take a big dip or maybe they never got to be booming in the first Mm -hmm. place and there's a whole bunch of marketing ideas out there some of them i fully agree with and some of them i'm like fuck never yeah so again I don't have the experience uh, with business and marketing and all that shit. So I rely heavily on on you, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I I go to Google and find out what works. It's it's I find it very, very hard because in terms of trying to do what other people are doing, you know, there's like a whole bunch of um, clinic in the area and doing the same thing. So... I have to do several things to find out what actually works for us. Mm-hmm. You got to try so, it out. Exactly. We, I had to try out. So first we tried the Facebook and that seems to work. And then... After- what did you try for Facebook and Facebook what, what do you feel seems to work? Because I, I, I know why I'm asking this because there's a lot of people that I see on some of the massage therapy groups. They're mm-hmm. like, Facebook ads are shit. Don't bother with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you don't understand Facebook ads. Facebook ads are like a Ferrari. Yeah. If you know how to drive it, you're gold. Right. If you don't know how to drive a Ferrari, yeah. it, it's useless to you. Yeah. 
it's the same idea with a Facebook ad. If you don't know how to master a Facebook mm-hmm. ad, it's not going to go anywhere. And there's also many different um, advertisers out there who can who keeps telling you like, oh, I can help you with your Facebook ads, or you know. Did you use any of those? Not yet. Okay. Are you, I, are you thinking about it? I'm thinking about it because they they might help me. Because right now I just do mostly all the advertising myself, mm-hmm. and I got an intern to do some Facebook. Facebook advertising and that was okay. Facebook ads are weird mm-hmm. in that you really have to like, okay, targeting on Facebook is pretty simple because you can right. target by demographics, you can target by location, mm-hmm. uh, you can target by interest. All that stuff's easy to do. That's right. the easy part. Right. The harder part is trying to figure out what you can put into an ad that's appealing. Mm-hmm. What can you put into an ad that really speaks to somebody? Mm-hmm. What can you put into an ad that won't get rejected by Facebook. Yeah, that's a big thing. So for example, Facebook is great for rejecting ads that they see in just text form because it's all algorithm that that sounds like discriminatory. So for Mm -hmm. example, do you suffer from this? Yeah. In other words, we're excluding a whole bunch of other people Mm -hmm. and this is, and they will ban those types of ads. And then you're locked out of doing ads until, you know, Facebook says you're good to go and you have to appeal those kind of things, right? But Facebook ads can work really well. So I think with Facebook, I don't think, I know with Facebook ads, (laughs) what you have to do is do stuff that works for normal everyday posts and find what works in those and then make those ads. So for example, video is king on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So if we know video is king, video gets more viewership than than anything else on Facebook, then your Facebook ads should include video. Yeah, I did try that too. I actually paid somebody to mm-hmm. post um, videos and that's fine. Um, we did get a lot of views, but you it's, know, in terms of yes, in terms of conversion, there's nothing. So they, let's, let's they just see it. Let's start here. Let's analyze this. If I'm doing a Facebook ad, in other mm-hmm. words, I'm paying for ad space. Let's use what we know works on Facebook in general. Mm-hmm. We know video works best on Facebook, right. right? We also know that I think it's like 85% of people that watch video on Facebook mm-hmm. do it with their phone on silent. There is no volume coming through. So if I'm going to have a video that's going to have anything with talking in it, and I need to engage someone through audio, I need subtitles. Yeah. Other than that, someone just skips through it. I think she did that. Yeah. Um, So these are some basic basic ideas. Yeah. Another major thing when someone's doing Facebook ads, and most massage therapists, because they're not marketing people, Mm -hmm. they just don't get the idea that no one gives a shit about your modalities. No one gives a shit about your education no one gives a shit about all of your tools it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter that you do lymphatic drainage and you do cupping and you do taping and you Mm -hmm. do prenatal and you do deep tissue whatever the fuck deep tissue is no one cares about that what people care about is do you have the capability of solving a problem that mm-hmm. I have, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I have a friend in the States. Uh, she's a business coach. And I love this one line that she says, Rebecca Overson, I love this one line that you say. She's like, a plumber doesn't go around advertising, look at my wrenches. I've got big wrenches. I've got small wrenches. I got, tr- got a truck full of tools. Right. How does a plumber advertise to you? Mm-hmm. You got a leaky fucking faucet? 
I can fix it. Mm -hmm. And me as the consumer, I don't give a shit what tools you have. All I care about (laughs) is that you can fix my leaky faucet. Guess what? I've got lower back discomfort. Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit that you're going to, you might do uh, myofascial release. You might do acupuncture. Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck. What I want to see in an ad Mm -hmm. is something that speaks to me about, hey, I see myself in this ad. Mm -hmm. That could be me. And this ad is speaking that they can help fix the problem that I have. And that's very hard to do. It is. Because, you know, like it might target a certain person, but then it might not on another. Ah, there's the trick. Right? There's the trick. What is the trick? The trick is niche down. The trick is... I don't want my marketing Mm -hmm. to appeal to everybody. If you try to market to appeal to everybody, Mm -hmm. you appeal to nobody. And when you appeal to nobody, that's it. Everyone, not everyone, I take that back. A lot of people are scared. Not that you're scared. I don't think you're scared at all. (laughs) A lot of people are scared to work with a niche. And a niche is like a population you serve or a problem that you solve, right? Mm -hmm. And most people think if I go down this route, I'm going to be excluding so many other things, opportunities, therefore I'm not going to make money on this. Mm-hmm. I got the perfect example and I use this in one of the courses I teach all the time. There's a burger place in Scarborough. It's called Johnny's Burgers. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Johnny's Burgers. It's a shithole. <laughs> it literally is a shithole. <laughs> it's not a nice place. It's, oh, it's, like, it's like, imagine like a 50s diner, but there's nowhere to sit. It's literally... You order your food and you either stand in the parking lot and eat it or you sit at one of their park benches and eat it or you take it home or you eat it in your car. Well, maybe some people like that. Yes, maybe some people like it. But but my bottom line is it's not quality burgers. That's the first step. Mm -hmm. They don't serve quality product. The second thing is they only really serve one type of product. They serve a burger, Mm -hmm. maybe a cheeseburger, right? They might have like steak on a bun. But other than that, that's it. They've got like maybe a beef, two beef products, Mm -hmm. a burger and steak on a Kaiser, Mm -hmm. right? That's Mm -hmm. it. Okay. okay. They've got French fries, but that's it. Their menu is so small. Okay. Cool. You with me so far? Yes. <laughs> the service sucks. You ever watch Seinfeld? Yes. Soup yeah. Nazi? Mm-hmm. The Soup mm-hmm. Nazi episode? These guys are worse than the Soup Nazi. You go in there, they're insulting to you. They yell at you, right? Mm-hmm. If you've never been there before and you heard the way they speak to their customers, you'd be like so intimidated to even go to the counter and order something, <laughs> right? Like the first time I went there and I heard them just yell at all of your, everyone that went before me. I'm like, fuck, right. I'm hungry, but I don't want to, I don't want to even want to order from this guy. The food's not quality, mm-hmm. very limited menu. The service isn't great. The actual establishment isn't great. Mm-hmm. And they're busy as fuck. Why is that? Why is that? They niche down, mm. right? We don't have this massive menu to try to appeal to everybody. Right. We don't try to cater to a customer in this way. Mm-hmm. We are who we are. We appeal to a certain type of audience. Mm-hmm. And we're going to ride this wave because it doesn't matter We're always going to have someone that likes what we do and we're going to make sure that that experience Mm -hmm. is the same, is the same, is the same, is the same, is the same. If I went to Johnny's next time and they were nice to me, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? If I went to Johnny's the next time and suddenly there were tables all over the place and places for me to eat and sit, I'd be like, what is going on here? This place changed management? If I went there another time and they offered a tuna salad wrap, I'd be like, this is not the same fucking place. In other words, they would be straying away from what I expect from that experience. Now, that experience is definitely not meant for everybody. And I think that's why Google advertising works for me better. Okay, give me this. Because... um, 
these are the people who are actually looking. Looking, right. Yeah. So when you come out in the Google advertising, when yeah. they type in massage therapy or, you know, Thornhill, uh, physio or something like that, mm-hmm. and then our ad comes up, that's the first step. Yep. So if they are really desperate, then For sure. they'll call it's and a, they'll come. It's a different marketing strategy where instead of Facebook, you're throwing it out to exactly. the world, right? On Google ads, mm-hmm. you are making sure it is top priority for someone who's looking for it. And that's another thing too, because I didn't know all of this. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Facebook advertising, Google advertising. Yep. I didn't know that how important these, are, these things are yep. in terms of marketing, especially now um, everyone's on on the social media or mm-hmm. on the phones, right? Mm-hmm. So I think literally have to learn everything. And it's huge. This, I think a lot of, because a lot of massage therapists, one, they don't have a lot of time to do mm-hmm. things like social media. And doing social media is like a full-time job if you're yeah. going to do it right. But I think there's always a, a, some confusion as to what the goal behind some of your social media stuff is. So for mm-hmm. example, in another Facebook group, I saw someone post uh, a conversation that they had with a colleague, or maybe it wasn't a colleague. I don't, I don't think that person was a massage therapist. And that person was telling the massage therapist that unless you have like a business Instagram or a business Facebook like you look less legit and then that person's question was to the group do I look less legit if I don't have these things and it shocked the fuck out of me (laughs) the majority of the people said I don't think you seem less legit if you don't have business social media Mm -hmm. and I'm like you're a dinosaur Mm -hmm. if you don't have business social media you are left in the dust yeah you need to have that, even if it's just to keep up with everybody else that has that stuff. Yeah. Like you need it. And it's true because when I talk to my patients who actually call in and come in here, they look at your Facebook. Yes. They look at your Instagram. Yes. They look at um, your uh, reviews. Yeah. Google reviews sure. is very important. I've had a lot of patients come in here and they always say, oh, you have good reviews. It's so it's important because I, I think a lot of massage therapists, I'm going to say the ones in Canada more. Mm-hmm. States is a whole other fucking ball game when it comes, <laughs> when it comes to the money mindset. I feel yeah. like it's a lot different in the States because in Canada, we see ourselves as healthcare. We see, and then there's shame that comes with making money doing healthcare, mm-hmm. which I think is the dumbest fucking thing in the world because if you can't make money, you can't keep your doors open if you can't keep your doors open you can't help anybody yeah and that's it right yeah. but i think a lot of massage therapists they don't get the idea that your facebook your business facebook isn't always about a conversion mm-hmm. is it not always about is this going to get me a client is this going to get me a client well posting on instagram get me clients it's yeah. not always about getting a client sometimes it's just about creating some awareness mm-hmm. right sometimes it's a, not sometimes it should be about developing and creating your brand yeah and that stuff is huge because mm-hmm. people do business people consume yeah from things that they feel comfortable and familiar with yeah and when i see an ad that says deep tissue cupping acupuncture i don't feel connected to that that's just a list of services that yeah. every other fucking therapist has so 
to use your social media to create your brand. That's where mm-hmm. it develops first interest. And then after it develops interest, it starts to develop some trust. Mm-hmm. And after now I feel like, hey, I'm really into what these people do. I trust what they do. Mm-hmm. Now it starts to build loyalty. And that's when the conversions start to happen. So it's like farming. It, it takes time. It is. You can't plant a seed yeah. and expect next week you're going to have yeah. fucking a cornfield. Mm-hmm. It's farming. That's true. When we started Facebook advertising, you know, People will look at the videos and all that stuff. They will like it. They will click it. But then there's no conversion. But then they will log in using their Facebook account to our system. It allows us to do that. And then when you call them, it's like they're not interested, you know, because I guess because they just saw an ad in mm-hmm. Facebook. They just probably was trying to look into that stuff. Yeah. And then after maybe like three months down the road, then they will call in and say, oh, by the way, you know, like you guys have massage therapy. Exactly. So, um at first, I didn't know. You were looking right? for the immediate return. Yes. Because, you know, uh, being uh, opening a business, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. you want patience. So I, I was very impatient. And that's hard because most people, I think that when they do their social media stuff, advertising or, or whatever the case is, they're looking for that immediate conversion, mm-hmm. that immediate something. And it's not. Yeah. It's, it's fucking farming. Yeah. And you need to be dedicated in the long haul like i saw some people post in that group like yeah i've got a business account and i post to it every every week or every month and i'm like well you get lost like that doesn't make sense like you need to be posting daily sometimes multiple times a day Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. if you really want to be in someone's face all the time it's also good um for uh, not just trying to get some patience but networking with other businesses yes so especially instagram i find a lot of business owners in the area or have instagram and um, that's how i try to connect with them oh for sure for sure right it's just a a way to use instagram is to reach out to people Mm -hmm. that have influence yeah right instead of for example are you familiar with a book it's a book called 60 Clients in 60 Days. Mm-mm. I've never read it and I don't no. ca- I don't care to read it. <laughs> One, the guy that wrote it, I'm not a big fan of his. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, he runs a fa- I shouldn't say this shit but I don't care it's a podcast. He runs a Facebook group and I I drop some stuff into this Facebook group and then he blocked me from this Facebook group. Oh. And then I even reached out and I'm like, "Hey man, like I I'm not trying to, you know, decrease the integrity of your group whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. These are the reasons why I put that stuff in there and I thought it would be appealing to the type of uh people that you have yeah. in your group. It's a business type of group and I was putting right. in business type of stuff mm-hmm. and he didn't even fucking respond. Anyway, that's not the point. But the point is I'm not a fan of his book because I think it's I think it's kind of I, I don't I don't know the full premise of the book this is what I get from people that tell me mm-hmm. 60 clients in 60 days involves you giving away a whole bunch of gift certificates and then you end up seeing a whole bunch of people for free mm-hmm. and then you convert them once they're through your doors mm-hmm. right okay that that to me is a very dinosaur way to get people in your space and I, I try to do that as well when we go to events so when we go to events like fun fairs like school fairs mm-hmm. uh, they ask us if we want to donate and gift certificate and for it's, it's for a good cause anyway for right? sure. and I do that I still I still do those things I still give free massages and that's and, fine nothing's wrong with that mm-hmm. but the way the, the reason why I say it's dinosaur mm-hmm. what do you think would work better for you let me go find 
an influencer, someone that has a yeah. billion Instagram followers, yeah. a local, someone from Thornhill mm-hmm. that has tons of followers, they're very easy to find. Mm-hmm. I'm going to type in the search Thornhill. Yeah. I'm going to type in the search Thornhill hashtag. And mm-hmm. the first people that are going to come up are the ones with crazy amounts of followers. Yeah. You're probably going to see a whole bunch of girls that are scantily clad and a whole <laughs> bunch of greased up muscle dudes and all that kind of stuff because those are the people that have the most amount of followers. And guess what I'm yes. doing? I'm sending that person, that person, mm-hmm. A direct message saying, hey, I see that you're from Thornhill. Yeah. I would like you, I'd like to invite you to come to our clinic mm-hmm. and have a complimentary massage. This is one person I'm going to give a complimentary massage for instead mm-hmm. of 60 fucking people. Mm-hmm. I'm only reaching 60 people with 60 free massages. Yeah. But I have that one influencer that comes in that has 25, 30,000 followers. I don't care if they're local or not. Mm-hmm. But that's the type of person that posts everything. Guess yeah. what? That person is the one making the Instagram story about about their, I'm going to get my free massage at Regenesis Clinic. Look how happy I am. I've got a headache today. I hope they can take it away. That's the person that when they pull up to the parking lot, Mm -hmm. they're taking a selfie with your sign behind them. That's the person that's in your waiting room, you know, on Twitter saying, oh, I can't wait to be my massage therapist. I hope he's a good looking guy, whatever the (laughs) case is, right? Because, you know, that's the deal. And then when they finish, Mm -hmm. take a selfie with that fucking person. Mm -hmm. Let them post it. That is gold. You can't buy that. And I'm not giving away 60 free massages. Mm -hmm. I'm giving someone who I know has a lot of reach, Mm -hmm. making them advertise for me. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah, (laughs) I might just do that. (laughs) I hope you do, right? You want Facebook people to like your page. Yes, we understand that Facebook is, is, you really want local people to like, okay, when people like your page on Facebook, if you're really not targeting your prime audience, it's almost wasted because then the viewership of that goes to people that probably won't even convert to to patients or clients, Mm. right? So why not do something like this then? Instead of giving 60 free massages away, Mm -hmm. cool, I'm going to schedule an open house day. And on this open house day, you can even hire three or four different therapists, cool, Mm -hmm. to work the fucking day for you. And then what you're doing is for every local person that likes your page, Mm -hmm. that drops a comment on the post that talks about your open house because the more people that comment Mm -hmm. mm, the more viewership that is every single person that likes one of those things or writes a comment guess what you get a free 10 minute chair massage Mm -hmm. and then you get some swag to take with you and that swag is the regenesis pen that you guys have the regenesis (laughs) coffee mug that you guys have whatever it is right so I've, i've benefited it all the way around i've had a local come in mm. i've had someone comment or like on my 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 social media which increases my viewership they got nothing but great things to say after we get them in the space mm-hmm. and i'm not giving 60 massages away that's pretty good what do i know got a fucking podcast yeah <laughs> marketing so yes but it is true you know it's very tricky social media is very tricky yeah like, you have to know how to use it you got to know how to use it and you also have yeah. to be you also have to be I think not not scared to to just be authentic, mm-hmm. right? I hate the word professional. You can create a brand about being a little bit more loose. You can mm-hmm. create a brand about being more carefree. And guess what? You will attract people exactly. that are of that mindset. So yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. But in terms of professional, I don't know. I have a, I have a really weird idea about the idea of professional. It's, it's very... Maybe it's because I've been called unprofessional way too many fucking times. <laughs> <laughs> 
can look professional or however you want to define look pro- looking professional means is, but as long as you're treating them according to our standards of practice. Ah, there so it is. it's not just. I totally hear you. Yeah. I dig it because you have that you have that open mindset to understand. Yeah. Sometimes the importantness, mm-hmm. the importantness of of developing that company culture, that personal brand, and no matter what that is, because mm-hmm. there's always going to be a niche. There's always going to be somebody, a group of people that whatever it is that you want your company culture to look like, whether yeah. it is in someone else's eyes, professional or not professional, mm-hmm. they're going to be okay with. And therefore, there's always room for it. So it kind of goes well full circle to what we're saying yeah. at the beginning. Don't be scared to do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And don't be scared to not conform to everything else that is happening because when there's too much of the same shit, you get lost in the yeah. sea of the same fucking shit. You always tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you actually do always tell me that. It's like, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Um, which I was in the beginning because it's like, oh, what if I fuck this up? Or, or, or what if uh, I'm doing this wrong? Trying to do all that um, standards and trying to do your business sometimes is very hard. Yeah. Right. So um, that's where sometimes where my fear comes from. Mm. Like I don't want. You're scared. The CMTL is gonna be like, yeah, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. That's not within that's standard. Like- I also look at running any kind of business a little bit, a little bit more aggressively. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with breaking rules every once in a while, as long as I can really justify the rules that I broke, or yeah. or. I can find the loophole that says I I didn't break a rule, mm-hmm. which I'm I I, I always kind of do before I decide to go out and break rules. Right. Um. But I'm also not a big fan of rules, and I think I'll, I am also of the mindset that you know what. I do something that might not be the most proper thing in the world. Fine, mm-hmm. slap me on the wrist. No one's saying like do stuff outside of the scope. Yeah. But one thing that I think, I like the scope is just so fucking huge. There's right. so many things that fall within the scope. Like mm-hmm. you were at the education night that we had mm-hmm. at uh, the other half of what we do of two massage therapists and microphone is our continuing education company, Conant Institute. And we do this education networking night every two months or so. And mm-hmm. we had two therapists that came in that don't do anything they were guest speakers they don't do anything that's traditional you know sheets lotion table right you know they don't do any of that stuff and it's all still within full scope so Mm -hmm. i mean there's a whole bunch of things that that are just wide open for you yeah Yeah. exactly so the marketing's a little bit of struggle do you feel like you got a much better handle on it though um I, i think so i i do need help that's what it is um, pretty much because again I don't have a lot of experience with marketing mm-hmm. so I might just hire somebody to do that yeah. especially Google advertising that is one thing that works for us mm-hmm. Google ads and um, you know talking to these professionals who does Google advertising or all these social media advertising yeah. who claims to say that they can help us. I know. Right? The, the problem with that is there's just so many of them. There's those so people. many of them. Exactly. And I, they get approached by a lot of them. Yeah. They call me and, you know, email me and all that yeah. stuff. So I don't know what works. So, you know, um, just keep trying, I guess. You know what I suggest you do? Look at any kind of successful company that you, mm-hmm. you like what they're doing 
and take a look at their advertising, take yeah. a look at their social media posts, under, try to understand their type of strategy, mm-hmm. and then adapt that to your business model because yeah. they're already doing something that fucking works. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, rip it off. Don't reinvent the wheel and mm-hmm. no need to hire someone to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. But it does take a lot of time and effort to, to make it that It does. Happen. And it's frustrating. Mm. <laughs> costs a lot of money. That's and true. that's one thing I noticed with marketing is that you have to constantly do it because every season is different. Timing. Timing is very important. For sure. And especially, like, I see how a lot of therapists would be like, "Mm, you know, I'm full. I'm booked eight months out. Yeah. You know what? That's that's great. That's great. I'm I'm very thrilled that you're booked eight months out. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You're you've capped you've you've you have a glass ceiling because mm-hmm. you can only do so many treatments in a day. Yeah. Therefore you can only make so much per day and you can only make so much per week, per month, per yeah. year. So if you are of the entrepreneurial mindset, mm-hmm. it's not about how busy you are. Yeah. It's how busy you can make your staff. Yeah. And if you don't have staff and you're booked eight months out, go fucking get staff if yeah. you want to make some dough at this. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with making dough with this yeah absolutely 100%. so the marketing anything else that you've had that you feel was a, a struggle that you kind of you kind of worked your way through you climbed out of the climbed out of the trenches or are you are you <laughs> still, still in the still trenches there. <laughs> what trenches are you still in what are you trying to climb out of still um, I don't know if I should say it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't don't say anything you don't want to say. Um, so far that is one of the things that I'm still working on is marketing. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that the school, we, at some point, all or at least most massage therapists would want to start their own practice or their independent or, contractors, which means exactly they're in a business to business relationship anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, we need something like that. We need a background in business. I think when I was in Centennial, we probably only did one course on business. I know it's such because <laughs> I, I see this in the Facebook groups quite yeah. a bit, and it's such a weird thing because I was involved with formal massage therapy for a long time. Yeah, one there's not tons of space in the curriculum to throw that in. That's one thing, right? It's not a necessary part of the curriculum. So most schools will teach it at a very basic level. Yes. The other part is, do you remember when you were a student? Do you remember the business classes? I very, very vague. Just from being an instructor, those are the most unpopular classes. Most of the time, Mm -hmm. the student in front of you, because they're in student mode, Uh, because they're in, I've got an oral practical exam in two Mm -hmm. days. I've got an anatomy exam tomorrow. I've got my OSCEs and MCQ to do at some point. They don't give a fuck about the (laughs) business course most of the time because they they, they can't see the forest through the trees. Mm -hmm. They're only seeing as as far as the next week, the next day, or the end of their school. And then the next thing after that is their Mm -hmm. licensing exam. So when they're like, is this... Is this going to be on the OSCE? Is this going to be on the MCQ? Oh, okay. Right? Okay. Well, I don't really care about it. So it's it's just a weird thing where mm-hmm. most people, when they when you're asked like, what do you think school would have done better, and everyone's mm-hmm. like, business, and then well, you know, you probably yeah, didn't give a yeah. fuck about business when you were there. <laughs> so true. Right? But maybe I guess that's why uh, continuing education is very important. Yeah. And- or. The schools should go above and beyond. There's nothing stopping you from Mm -hmm. putting extra shit into your curriculum Mm -hmm. and making a whole business section to it, right? There's all that stuff that a school can do. Yeah. 
And yeah. if if the majority of massage therapists that finish school, they're like, yeah, I wish I had more of that, then maybe a school should fucking do that. Yeah, maybe they should because yeah. it's, it is really a struggle to open a clinic. Like, I don't know. I didn't know shit about mm. business so, or marketing. <laughs> so where do you put yourself now in terms of, of knowing stuff? Um, I think I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I did a lot of research already. Most mm. of it are like, Google and talking to other people, networking. So you can survive no problem problem exactly where you are right now um i think i still need to work a little bit harder <laughs> yeah and, but it's hard to do that too because i'm the only full-time massage therapist here right. so at the same time i'm treating mm. patients um and then on my downtime i do some marketing i do some paperwork and i do all that it's like 16 to 20 hours a week yeah. I mean, a day yeah. of work. I, it doesn't stop. Do you like that or do you find it tiring? I or do, find, you find that, do you find that like energetic? Yes. And yes. I find that uh, challenging because of, you know, like I'm really bad at time management. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't mind working that pace. But then at the same time, I do need help. Like I need therapists. Mm -hmm. Not majority of my time in the clinic is yeah. going is towards treatment. Exactly. Yeah, it's really hard to be the therapist and the business owner mm -hmm. and do them both really really well yeah. and then when when something happens for instance like you know tax return mm. you know you gotta deal with your accountant get to put all the paperwork in you get audited by the CRA <laughs> So all that stuff, you know, you have to keep track and you make sure that you're always on the ball. See, this is how I know you are an entrepreneur. Why is that? You are not complaining about it. Mm -hmm. You enjoy the challenge. Mm -hmm. You like the process. Entrepreneurs like the process. Whether the process is a struggle mm -hmm. or it's me sitting down learning shit because I want to implement it or it's me doing 20-hour days of stuff. It's not fuck. It's I enjoy the process. I still don't consider myself an entrepreneur even though you keep telling I'm me sitting that. In your, <laughs> I'm sitting in your clinic <laughs> that you own and you have other staff <laughs> and it seems yeah. to be working <laughs> and it's doing nothing but getting better. You're a fucking entrepreneur. Sorry to break it to you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but it does, I guess uh, for me, maybe because I'm still working on it. You're you always going to work on it. Yes. Because there's always ways to tweak it. There's always mm. ways to make it better. Mm. There's always ways to make it grow. And unlike the place that you left, there is no limit. There is no top floor that I've gotten to yeah. and there's nothing else I can do. Yeah. So enjoy the process, which is I what am, you're doing. Which I am. I am enjoying it. It's a bit of a struggle, but um, challenge, that, which is what I'm constantly for looking sure. for, is to constantly challenge myself. And, and, and every champion needs a survival story, mm -hmm. right? And then you're also looking at years ahead. Yes. You, know, you have a goal. Um, I still can't believe that this is our second year. Um, and then now I'm thinking two, three years down the road. What do I do next? So do you have like an exit strategy? Not in a bad way, but I'm curious if you, or, or maybe you have an exit strategy in a bad way. Like if things go fucking belly up, I, I know how to get out of this. Or do you also have an exit strategy for, hey, if things get really good and I want to do something else because I'm a super entrepreneur, <laughs> I've got an exit strategy to this. No, actually I don't. Okay. Because I'm not thinking about leaving. Hmm. I'm not thinking about giving up my practice yet. Maybe I'm still in that 
mindset that build it, build yeah, it mode. yeah this is, yeah i have to build this yeah. this is where it is heading would you ever would you ever consider once you've built it to be like fuck let me sell it let me cash in on this bad boy um no maybe not maybe open another one mm, yeah right on so <laughs> that's just you know back of my mind thinking that's a good again thing. so this is how i was when i was in the clinic so i didn't have that but i have that thought process the, in the little, ba- the yeah, little choice in the back exactly of your mind. Yeah, it's yeah. like hey what are you doing like do something nice and it's like itching to come out and (laughs) so happy you said that because it's true it's an itch that you have to scratch and if you don't scratch it Mm -hmm. you will be one unhappy person living your life saying what if Mm -hmm. what if maybe i should have yeah and i'd so rather fall flat on my face get egg on my face than sit back with regret saying what if i did this 100 percent. so no matter how hard the process is i i don't regret starting it like i don't care if i cried how many times (laughs) how how many times um a lot of times a lot of times are we talking are we talking like like a once a week cry (laughs) oh i don't know (laughs) but you know it was it was hard because i didn't have anybody to help me out right like other than you know my my family support Um, and they still want you to be a fucking nurse. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, I think now they're happy that they're I happy. open. Yes. So they're now talking about you know, that oh, I have a clinic. Oh, go to see your clinic. Go see your clinic. She's she's not a nurse, but she's got a really nice clinic. It is. It is. It's kind of funny. So let me say this then. You win millions. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you play the lottery? I don't play the lottery. Do you play the lottery? Eh, sometimes. I don't even know how to play the lottery. That's how much I <laughs> that's like how much I don't really care about the lottery. Yeah. So you win millions. I'm talking millions. Like you ever watch um TLC used to have a show called The Lottery Changed My Life. And mm. it used to kill me because I used to watch that show just for shits and giggles. Yeah. And it was always people that should have never been fucking playing the lottery in the first mm-hmm. place. In other words, I've got no money, I'm poor, but I'm still playing the lottery. And those are the people that win the lottery. Anyway, you win millions. Mm-hmm. Are you are you still doing this? Are oh, you yeah. are you I opening another location? You're expanding. I will expand. You don't I just will, you don't just nope. cash in and say nope. fuck it. Beach here I come. Nope. Jamaica here nope. I come. No, I will expand. I will make this bigger, a different, you know, bigger gym maybe, <laughs> another rehab, another location somewhere. But that's my test. You were meant to do this. Maybe I am. Not maybe. maybe. <laughs> I just gave you millions. And you're like, fuck, I'm going to reinvest it. Yeah. <laughs> right? But yeah, it is It is a hard process. You know, no matter how hard it is, I will keep doing it. Right on. Is there anything else you want to let the masses know about the uh, the ups and downs of Regenesis? There is a lot of ups and downs. Well, give me some of the ups. Give me some of the ups. We <laughs> well, talk some downs. The good thing is, is that um, we have a lot of good feedbacks okay we have good feedback in terms of how happy our patients are you know they want to come here they come in regularly now the community is getting there (laughs) they're starting to know about us and uh, they're starting to refer and I do have now full-time staff like I have physio avocado I have one massage therapist who work part-time which you know I kind of wish he works more hours (laughs) but (laughs) he's currently injured right now but but uh, I do need massage therapists, that's for sure. And the, and I find that they are very, 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 very hard to find. Yeah. So I, I see that a lot. Everyone's saying like, yeah. oh, massage therapists Why? are hard to find. 
I don't know, man. I feel like, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm going to leave it at that because I've probably got a lot of weird things to say <laughs> about that. And I don't know if I want to go down that rabbit hole yet. But I did want to ask you a question about you being boss lady mm-hmm. and um, and you having, you know, the physio, mm-hmm. the doctor of chiropractic, right? About you being boss lady to them versus, you know, typically massage therapists. Not many of them mm-hmm. are clinic owners of multidisciplinary clinics. When I say not many, in terms of the proportion of the number of massage therapists to massage therapists that own multidisciplinary clinics. So what's it like having the, for lack of a better term, the higher educated doctor of chiropractic be your under? Um, I I do feel good. No (laughs) way. I don't want to. I don't want to lie to you. Uh, I do feel good being the boss. Yeah. Um. Like I said, I still don't consider myself one. But um, I also find that when I was doing some of my interviews, I feel maybe that's just me. I feel that they were judging because I am a massage therapist. Oh. Yes, I do feel that. What feeling did you? It's get? It's just you know like. They would ask you, they would ask questions in terms of, oh, um, how many years have you been practicing or what is your educational background? They would mm-hmm. ask. Gotcha. And then they would, and when they find out I'm a massage therapist, they're like, oh, okay. Mm. And, <laughs> and these are more physio, these are like physiotherapists. A little bit belittling? Kind of, yes, yes, a little bit. And I felt it. You know, and mm. but you know, I just kind of ignored it. Since I've opened the practice, I learned to deal with my emotions and people, and learned to talk a little bit more professionally to other professionals. So uh, I don't. I just. I just ignore it. How emotional were you when you first started? Um, I think very because I was also under a lot of stress, mm. a lot of pressure opening the clinic. Do you think that it got in the way of your ability to make decisions or make maybe or make good decisions? Good decisions. Maybe. Maybe. Hmm. Like um I I find um when I'm under a lot of stress, like even my family time, they they take a toll. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I have to reassess how I deal with the clinic when I am under a lot of stress. I just feel like when I'm under a lot of stress, then, yeah, I don't know. So your recognition of being maybe a little bit more emotional when you first started, is that a conscious thing that you did was like, mm, let me let me do some self-awareness. Let me figure out yeah. what's going on with me. And then let me see which ones of these things suit me well and which ones that do not suit the business well. And let me abandon those that don't. And let me explode on the ones that do. <laughs> In terms of the way I feel? Yeah. Um, no, I haven't really sat down and assess how I react to certain situations. I think you have, actually. I, pro- I do. I, I probably th- do. Just by nature of you telling me, like, yeah. I used to be way more emotional oh, than maybe, I was before. Yeah, and I stopped. I learned to stop that. Mm, to me, that says, hey, you at some point analyzed and said, fuck, I guess I'm being a little bit emotional here. And therefore, this is not the best thing for this type of environment or to make these decisions. And then you made a conscious effort to not be so much. Yeah, but I haven't really sat down and said, oh. I haven't really thought about it. <laughs> I think self-reflection comes in a bunch of different ways, but I think you are self-aware. You just don't get, you just probably don't put the title on it. Maybe. 
<laughs> I mean, for you to be working at a busy clinic in the back of your mind saying, fuck, this is not enough. For you yeah. to go to school and say, fuck, this is not what I want to do. For you to start working office jobs and say, definitely don't want to do this. Like mm. that, that's, that's pretty self-aware. You're yeah. more self-aware than you think you are. But again, you, when you put it that way, then I guess I do. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Last thing then, last thing then. Tell me, where do you want to go with this? You do want multiple locations. And if that's the case, or maybe that's not the case, how do you know that you've made it? Like right now, I get a sense that you you're not you're like I haven't made it yet. No, when not yet. What's what's that metric for Joyce um, that says I fucking made it? I guess when I open another one. That's when you made it. That's eh? when I made it. Right on. Yeah, I haven't really thought about that that peak. Yeah. That point, but um, when I open another one, and maybe when I can afford to splurge a little bit more on you know, I guess in terms of financial too, right? And yeah, I think I think. That's that's what it is. Right on. Yeah. This was awesome. <laughs> thanks for thanks for finally saying yes. <laughs> this is very hard. Like I said, I don't know what to say. Well, I, I, I don't. I don't need you to say anything. I just want. <laughs> I, you know, I just want you to be you. Yeah. And that worked out pretty good. But you know what? Like, if I knew that you had that uh, those business courses. <laughs> should have taken it like we had business courses that where we where we'd help out clinics and right. clinic owners but mm-hmm. not to the extent of what we do now where we go in and do a lot of consulting like this is something you should consider this is something you should change this is this is great this is great this is great beef up this knock down this yeah. that type of thing but it's it's also important to know all that stuff before even starting the clinic having that understanding of how to open a clinic or can I ask you one more question based on this then yeah do you think not knowing and being ignorant to what works what doesn't work gives you a little bit more freedom because it doesn't feel like you're boxed into into a formula that you know has worked in the past you don't know anything yeah so you're brave enough to say fuck i'm gonna try it it didn't limit me it uh, didn't give me that restriction to yeah. to start but it would have been nice mm-hmm. there's less time doing all that research, Google search, yeah, and yeah, do yeah. all that stuff because that takes time. It's been good. Thanks. No problem. Hopefully that helps. <laughs> yeah. I think I think uh, a lot of therapists are going to get value from uh, hearing your, your ups and downs and some of the advice that you have to put forward. It's awesome. I hope that helps for everybody. And right. hopefully they will step outside the box too and put their foot on the door and don't be afraid. Yes. Enjoy yeah. the process. Enjoy the process. Right on. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone. Peace. <laughs>